Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Joining us now, uh, just got off the plane, uh, returning back from the beautiful... I love Adelaide. I absolutely love it. It fits me. It fits me. Does it fit you, Scotty Sattler? Did you enjoy your time in Adelaide? Hey, Staffy, Kia ora. Um, yeah, I, I, did, I did like it. I haven't been to Adelaide that much, actually, because uh, we had a team in the comp once upon a time for a couple of years, the Adelaide Rams back in 97, 98. Then they were booted out of the competition. So I haven't had any other chance to really go back there unless it's origin. Uh, 2020 were there and last night as well. Uh, the, the scenes in the streets are amazing, Staffy. A lot of maroon and blue jerseys spilling out into the streets, out of the pubs before the before the game. And there's a really good atmosphere at the game. It's not really a field that's conducive for rugby league, but mm. yeah, it's got great history, that ground. And it was, um, it was a good setting for what was an amazing... Amazing victory. What What is league like in Adelaide? Because I'm imagining when the Rams were on, that was when you were with Gold Coast Chargers, I think. So they they, yep. they had a taste of league. How do they get their fillip of league now? Yeah, n- not a lot, to be quite honest. Yeah, there's a couple of like uh, lowly sort of ranked pub competitions, but there's nothing of, of any national significance. And mm. I suppose that's always been the argument of why we would take a game like State of Origin to a place where there doesn't seem to be any future-proofing for the sport, but it all comes down to governments and how much they're willing to pay, and uh, 48,000 people there last night in a 52,000-seat stadium is not too bad for an AFL-orientated landscape. So what went wrong for New South Wales? We see every year they've got the rock stars on the paper, but uh, Queensland seem to have the rock stars in their heart. Um, a d- different mindset it looked like between the two teams last night, Seth. Yeah, Staffy, there's this argument that Queensland wanted more, and I, I've never bought into that argument. I always think New South Wales and Queensland, they wanted exactly the same. There's so much at stake, and Every player knows what's at stake when you play Origin. So I think that's a moot point, to be honest. But when you're in the moment, it's when you make the decisions at key times of a match. So, for example, a couple of times the ball just hit the ground for whatever reason, but a Queensland player thinks straight away, that I've got to put my head over that ball and I don't care what happens to me when I try and retrieve that ball. And that was that's the difference, I suppose, in these matches that Queensland keep winning. And... Over the years, New South Wales have done the same and have been, have been um, you know, quite comprehensive in their wins. But historically, I think New South Wales are guilty at times, Staffy, of thinking about 10 minutes to go, we're leading by two, let's just get to full time. Let's just try and get this full time hooter out and let's just try and get game one as a win. Whereas Queensland say, OK, there's 10 minutes to go, we're two points down, we need to play play by play. We just like, you know, just basically, it's got to be death by a thousand cuts. We've just got to 
play by play, let's win the next play, then win next the next play, and then win the next play. And I think that's where Queensland get into this this mindset where everything is just yeah, everything's all about momentum and they continue just to slowly build in that final ten minutes. The final ten minutes of any sporting any sporting game, that's that's the one that exposes your character, the final ten minutes. And Queensland just seem to be able to find the right plays and the right decisions at the right time. You talk about decisions, and, and that's a point I wanted to pick up with you. The decision makers in the teams. I mean, Cam Munster was brilliant. Nathan Cleary probably didn't have his best origin game. James Tedesco has had a pretty tough 2023, and I think that while he ran a lot of metres, um, he made mistakes we're not used to seeing of him. So just to expand on that decisions, the players making those decisions, was that the difference in the end scoreline? Yeah, I just think it's how you handle the, the various scenarios that are thrown in front of you as, as a player. And I've got to say, Cam Munster, he, he laid on the first try for Hamaso Tabuai Fido. Um, but outside of that, defensively, he was outstanding. But outside of that, he was he was quiet. He wasn't heavily involved from an attacking point of view. But then all of a sudden, when the game was on the line, he goes, Skip, 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 puts Hamaso Tabuafito down the sideline, who burns James Tedesco, one of the best players in the world, to score underneath the goalpost to take all of a sudden take a lead. And then all of a sudden another high ball goes up. Lindsay Collins, a big far row, jumps mm. up, takes a mark over the top of Tedesco and offloads to the man who probably didn't who shouldn't have been there. It wasn't his side of the field that he usually plays on and, and Cameron Muster turns up at the right time. So you know, it's it's those little moments in games. And, and Staffy, that last try to Munster, the, the high kick went up from Daly Cherry Evans. James Tedesco was left there like a shag on a rock. There's no Blues players around there to protect yeah. him. There's no Blues players behind him in case the ball was knocked backwards, whatever it may be. But you look at the frame, and there was five Queensland players all pushing through, trying to just get there in case they were needed. And, and they came up with the, with the end result. So... Another one of those performances that we'll continue to talk about for many, many years when we talk about the, the history of State of Origin victories. Talking to Scott Sattler, SEN uh, commentator last night in the neutral team. In the neutral team, I tell you what, um, Sats, uh, me and Sam have been talking about Origin all day and he calls the games for the Warriors a massive league. And I, I want Sam to ask some questions because at the end you say, why didn't you ask him about this? Or say, What's burning in your mind? <laughs> not that, not, you're not that bad, Steph. Yeah. Now, Sats, I think that there's a lot of pressure obviously on Freddie now and um, there was criticism or doubt over some of the selections he made and the fact that they lost the game I think puts even more heat on some of those selections and given the guys that aren't in the team when you look at Campbell Graham, Dylan Edwards, Nico Hines, barely got a look at last night. Freddie's almost in a lose-lose situation now, isn't he? Because if he makes changes and it doesn't work, he gets criticised. If he stays what he's got and he loses, he gets criticised. It's all on Freddie and selection, isn't it, for game two? It's got to be so specific, Sammy. It's a really good question because, you know, there's only, you've really only got two games. If you win game one, 76% history tells you you go on and win the series. Game two, New South Wales haven't won game two at Suncorp Stadium after losing game one since 1998. Oh. So history's against you straight away. So so for Freddie, he either stays solid and says, okay, the guys that I picked in game one, I've got faith in you, go out and get retribution to beat a Pangai Jr., Hudson Young and co. And if they get beaten, you're exactly right. So it all comes down to results. I mean, if he gets game two and then gets game three... 
even if they play well and lose, I think he's under a lot of pressure. If they play well and, and, and obviously win the game, well, Freddie gets another couple of years. It just comes down to results. Mm. And selection is really important. I, I thought they got selections wrong before the game last night. I thought Tavita Pangai Jr. was a massive risk, to be quite honest. I thought Hudson Young was a, was a, a really good selection. But then you've got two other smaller forwards, the same sort of build and same sort of style of play in Cam Murray and Liam Martin. So, you know, selections are really important. You can't have too many of the one thing. And I, I thought in New South Wales got a, a couple of selections wrong last night. And I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be staying corrected, but I think a couple of those players were, they were burnt in the first 10 or 15 minutes. They got, they got blown out of the game really early for the speed of it. Last question for me, my observation, and I'm asking you because you know a lot more about the game than me. Nico Hines, a wasted resource to me. He, he, he screams starter to me, um, but more of a manager of a game rather than try and come and make an impact in an unfamiliar situation. Would you utilise him more? Could he potentially start? I think you either start him or you leave him out altogether. Yeah. Queens, they were a little bit frantic last night, staff. They, they were... Um, they had two wingers that had to leave the field, and then so they had Ben Hunt playing right centre and David Feeder playing left centre, and New South Wales didn't try and attack them. Like just silly play. And um, would have Nico would have Nico been able to see that? Well, not quite sure. But if you've got an outside backer, a guy that can play four or five positions like Nico, they're really important to your side for those exact scenarios. And Queensland didn't have Kurt Catewell, who was a, a genuine second rower slash centre when you need to use him. So I think he'll come in possibly for game two. But Nico Hines, you either play him at 5'8", or you leave him out altogether. Um, and I thought Jerome Luai was actually one of the better players for New South Wales last night. So I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, Nico missed the tackle on Cameron Munster when he released Hamaso for that try under the post late in the game. So um, he, may have, he may have played a... He's one and only origin for a number of you know, for a number of years. We don't know until there's a, an opening for him. But I think it's going to be heavily discussed about whether he wears a number six jersey, whether they just finally just make the decision and say, we've got to pick a player that we've got to stick by for the next two or three years. And maybe Nico wears the number six in, in the game too. Sats, always enjoy our chats, buddy. I appreciate your input today. Always good. Anytime, Staffy. See you, guys. Cheers, mate. Scott Sattler there. Absolute uh, legend of the game of rugby league. Nico Hines. That's the one I'm looking for, selection-wise, for game two, which is, of course, at Suncorp. We'll have live commentary of that as well. Uh, On the other side of this, we'll have a look back in the day.